everyone and welcome to uh, Scott's Way podcast and uh, before we start we did promise our book festival podcast which for reasons of planes, trains and well mainly trains uh, didn't happen um, but we will not make up for that tonight because we're going to be talking literary magazines, um, literary journals and with us tonight we have from Gutter Magazine Helen Sedgwick. Hi Helen. Hi. Um, from Valve Literary Journal, Gabriella Bennett. Hello. And back once more from Octavius Magazine, uh, Sam Best. Hiya. Hi, Sam. And we're going to start talking to Helen about Gutter, because Gutter is now on edition nine. So I'd be interested, I'm sure everyone else sitting around here, how you managed to get to nine, number nine. So tell us a little bit about Gutter and um, how it started and how it's evolved, really. Sure. Um, well, Gutter started back in 2009. Mm-hmm. At, I think the original idea came during Woodtown Book Festival at a talk given by Stuart Kelly. Right. Um, he was, uh, well, uh, he was talking about uh, Scottish literature in general okay. and how it should be represented in the press and things like that. It was quite a controversial, uh, controversial evening. Interesting. But as part of that discussion, he declared to the audience that there were no good literary magazines for new Scottish writing. And in the audience was Adrian Searle, Colin Begg and myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and Adrian and Colin were the founders of Gutter. I think they went to the pub afterwards and decided <laughs> to it. do something about this. That brings it true, I'm um, sure. <laughs> and I then joined them originally as the review editor for the magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a review section in the middle as well as prose and poetry. Um, and we set off with issue one and were met with a huge buzz of excitement, which was mm-hmm. really, really nice. And I think everyone was very happy to see the magazine um, and, and very excited to see what we published and how yeah. it grew. And of course, the challenge for any literary magazine, I think, is longevity. So yeah. how do you give it a life? How do you keep it going for years after that first big buzz uh, perhaps starts to, to wear off a little? Sure. Um, uh, how have we done that? Well, I suppose we always look for the best writing. It's, it sounds like such a simple thing to say. We're not usually themed. Mm-hmm. Um, we've tried to get as much exposure for the magazine as possible. Yeah. But really, we go through our submissions very carefully, every issue, and try to find the best, most exciting, freshest, most challenging mm-hmm. writing that's sent to us. And we publish it. It's, well, it's interesting. I mean, <laughs> did, has, has Stuart Kelly ever commented on uh, Gutter? Uh, uh, he's, <laughs> he's commented on Gutter, he's particularly um, keen to comment on the review section, which is my bit, <laughs> which is great. Um, I, Say a little bit about the review section, because it is an interesting, uh, it's very good. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Um, it's, uh, we felt it was very important to have a review section, because mm-hmm. there's fewer and fewer places for books to be viewed, and it's, it's a very sad state of affairs at the moment, that there's so little space available. Absolutely. And we wanted to do it our way, so we wanted to make sure there was a really broad representation of... We've got the big names and the big publishers, we've also got debut novelists, we've mm-hmm. got indie presses, we've got short stories, we've got a lot of poetry as reviewed in the magazine. So we were keen to, to have this this range of, of reviews that was really representative of all the exciting things that are happening in the Scottish mm-hmm. literature scene. So was, was Stuart's problem with it that they are anonymous? Was this a problem? Uh, that, I think that was part of it, yeah. <laughs> and that, that did definitely create a bit of a stir in the early days. People seem okay with it now, it's uh-huh. interesting, I think once they've got used to the idea, yeah. um, we haven't had 
any complaints from that <laughs> <years. laughs> So I think it, it was exciting when it came out, because I remember when it did come out, and there was lots of reasons it was exciting. I think it did answer that idea that there was no... I mean, a literary magazine only survives if there's good writers to put in it. That's the only way it can, it can go. So what really he was saying was not only was there no literary magazines, but perhaps there wasn't the breadth of good writers to go in them, I think. So when it came out, um, it included some fantastic new writers, people that I hadn't heard of, and also it looked fantastic. I mean, there is a, you know, there's a, I don't know, we'll talk about the look, because I think all three magazines look fantastic. Uh, that idea that you weren't just going to do a fanzine or a, a, a you know, something on the back of a fag packet, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It really belonged on the shelves in bookshops. Was that right from the start that was going to be something that people would want to own? Very much so, yeah. Um, the, the intent was always to have a beautiful object as well as, as, well as a very high quality literary magazine. Mm -hmm. um, I can't take credit for the design, that is a great <laughs> design, who are a fantastically talented group of designers. Um, and you know, we at Gutter are very lucky to be associated with, mm -hmm. with great design. Um, it's, a lot of thought went into it. It sits on the shelf, it's also a very unusual size. Um, yeah. In fact, it's a made-up size, so it oh, sits on the shelf, but it also stands out as being different to everything oh, on the shelf, which was a deliberate choice that we made. Because, I mean, there, nowadays that is the problem with any, any book, is how do you make it stand out in a mm. kind of really crowded market? Mm. Well, let's go on to Valve then, because Valve's, it's kind of the middle child between the three. Um, it's kind of just, number three's just about to come out, is that oh, right? That's right. So... Tell us a bit about how Valve started and then we can see about number three. Uh, Valve was born in 2011 as a part of a, an undergraduate literary journal class at the Uni of Strathclyde. Um, it was part of our honours year um, sort of project to produce this literary journal publishing work from the year. So there was about 30 of us all in all. Um, it consisted of fiction, poetry and some non-fiction as well. It was interviews and um, reviews of books and things like this. In its second year, we went on, after we graduated, a core team, uh, about five of us, went on to um, publish it again. Uh, so we fundraised all the money that we needed for it ourselves and collaborated with um, designers for things like posters and um, showcase nights. And then uh, Freight published it for us, as they did in the first year. Mm -hmm. And this year is our third issue. Um, we've kind of gone a little bit more independently and we're doing it all ourselves in terms of funding and also printing right. all the designs from us as well. Um, so that's, that's the story. So, I mean, it's still, you've got this usually kind of editorial group core, obviously hardcore, you know what I mean? Hardcore, hardcore and core. <laughs> hardcore. Um, but it is open to, what's the... the catchment area if you like because it's open to anyone sure yeah absolutely anything it's experimental literature is what we focus on it doesn't exclusively publish experimental stuff but that's what we we uh, tend to enjoy as a, as a group of editors so it's what we give preference to in the magazine i think in the first edition it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a progressive thing sure. since we started it we kind of learn from every edition and looking back i think probably the first issue is maybe too disparate so we right. try to make it tighter every year and it kind of seems that the experimental thing is a, a key sort of vibe that seems to bring everything together and, and really shine. And are you still doing, is it still including non-fiction? No, we just do um, prose and poetry now. It's kind mm -hmm. of just restricted to those two. We also invite writers to submit as well as opening it out to the sort of masses. So we've got people from 
America and Canada and China and all over from all over the world contributing but we've also got people like new writers in Scotland and writers mm -hmm. that we enjoy as well who we've invited to submit and some really nice stuff from them. Just before we talk to Sam, in terms of um, the writers that you have in Gutter, mm -hmm. is it the same thing? Is it as wide as you like or is there any kind of, um, limits is the wrong word, but you know, is there something that you say, well, this is where we prefer to take from? Um, it's very open. We mm -hmm. consider everything. Um, no, no, I don't think there is. I'm trying to think of an example where we felt something was unsuitable and yeah. we loved it, but I, I don't think that's ever happened. Okay. If we love it and we think it's it's powerful and it's worth publishing, then we publish it. Okay. Well, moving on to uh, Octavius. Sam, Octavius just launched your second. Yep, just second, just don't know. And um, again, it's, I think, you know, he's done fantastically well. The well, the talk is about remind people about the first one and then how you got to the stage where you get the second one out. Okay, um, the, the first one came from graduating Strathclyde University and having experience in the Scottish literary scene and experience launching a magazine before we decided that we wanted to um, do something that catered for students because yeah. when we were students there was never something like a, a student newspaper for creative writing so we thought, well if there's not one out there then why don't we just set one up? Um, uh -huh. and. Octavius was born off that. Um, there was a huge response, I think, probably more than we were actually expecting um, in terms of numbers. Just, there was huge submissions and for issue two it's uh, doubled, yeah. which obviously we were thrilled about. Um, it's great to see that huge amount of work coming in um, and it's exciting to shift through and you know find all these, these new writers or, or writers who are and you know, already well known who are also just coincidentally students. And it wasn't just from uh, students with a literary background, it was open to... Yeah, it was, um, as long as you're studying at a Scottish college or university, it doesn't matter which degree you're doing, which level you're doing it on, um, that was really what we wanted, as long as you're a student studying in Scotland, um, which meant that we've had a lot of international students who've you know, come across to study at Glasgow or Dundee or somewhere, mm -hmm. um, and they've sent us writing, so it's, it's exciting to post copies out to Beirut and Sweden yeah. and things like that afterwards. Uh, it's nice to see that sort of international community in a sort of smaller Scottish scene. So, I mean, all three magazines are as, as open as, as they kind of can be within, you know, the, 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 their um, own ethos, uh, yeah. to put one of a better word. How difficult then is it? I mean, you were saying you had double the amount of um, people putting stuff in. How difficult then is it to come up with a final thing? I mean, so Helen, to start with you, how many, how many submissions do you get for Gutter now, kind of on average? Um, it, it varies a bit from issue to issue. Um, four, five, six hundred would be uh, fairly standard. Right. Um, That's a big leap. It's, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's very difficult to narrow it down. Mm. Um, it takes an awful lot of time. Like I say, we read them, read them very carefully. Um, and we all read the work, so everything's getting... It's never just one person who's making the decisions. Um, so we're all individually sort of narrow down shortlist if you like mm -hmm. and then we have often several meetings where we argue with each other and fight for what we love and okay. <laughs> disagree and uh, have a, a few glasses of wine and things like that um, and it's it's hard to do there's always stories that we have to turn have down to turn because down. there's just not space even in a magazine as big as that yeah mm -hmm. um, when you say we how many are on the editorial board I mean, it's uh, three of us it's who just, do the selection wow so we get, that's a lot of reading yes <laughs> <laughs> um, is it that kind of thing uh, and this kind of opens to all of you when you get something that you can tell straight away that it's not going to work is that 
I'm right. I think it works. I think it's more easy for us because in experimental literature we get a lot of really varied things. So a lot, it's a very subjective ma uh, sort of subject sure. matter as well, and a lot of things that people think are experimental we don't see as experimental. So there'll be things that come in and they're pretty way off the mark for what we want to do with it. But good writing is good writing, and yeah. no matter what the medium is, whether it's um, a, a student sort of based publication mm -hmm. or an experimental journal or a more um, well sort of known one, you, you can know it when, you, when it comes up. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, again, you must you must get a lot of, of, of stuff, and you said you'd um, double the amount. How many people are, are kind of making the editorial decisions for? It's uh, three of us for issue two. It was four for the first one. It's three right. of us now. So yeah, it's a lot of reading. Um, but I think we don't have any sort of major themes that we want to fit stuff in. Yeah. We've never got an idea of the magazine before it's already made. So I think that make, maybe makes it a bit easier. To just read the stories and see them for what they are, yeah. Um, and then, like you say, good writing's good writing. It's going to get in if it's you know if we think it fits basically. And so, as a result of the amount of stuff that you see, do you think there is? I mean, do you struggle? You said you kind of struggle to get it into even a book the size of Gutter, um, which is a good thing, I suppose. That there's Absolutely, a lot of good yeah. stuff out there. Um, is it the same for all three of you? You know, do you think well? There's there's a lot of good stuff that yeah. we just have to. I think so. Um, the first issue is we had 43 writers mm -hmm. and that was me trying to keep a lid on it because there was a lot more that I would have loved to include it and the second issue was 40 writers um, and again if you know if we had the budget to do a massive double the size magazine then I probably would right. um, or at least I don't know how the so obviously the budget feel. restrictions as well yeah and it's I think also just in terms of space you can't go publishing a, a huge book no one's going to pick that up in a bookshop and go brilliant you mm -hmm. know 100 or so writers I think it becomes a bit daunting of course, at a certain point, I think maybe you know forty writers is it's a big number. Um, and I mean, Tavius at the moment has come out once a year. Once a is year, that yeah. something that you're hoping to? Yeah, um, sort of like a university graduation. So, oh, okay, nice. Second year. <laughs> and Valve's the same if you've done one. It's one once a year. I think every time we launch it, we have intentions to do it more more regularly. But the actual practice practicalities, the day to day running of it and fundraising for it and editing and subbing and proofing it, it just takes a while yeah it does take a while I think the difference this is the first year that I've worked as editor on it and the difference between this year and last year has been quite quite varied because I, I found it really easy to be incredibly thorough and it's almost half the size of what it was last year because mm -hmm. only the best will go in this year yeah. I'm, I'm really particular about what we want in there and if it's not good enough and we're not sure and we don't agree it just doesn't go in oh that's interesting so uh, you kind of all have to again what size are we, uh, is it five sorry say that again five of you that are on the editorial there's board. myself a fiction editor a poetry editor and a couple of people that read submissions to kind of get another opinion yeah. or another point of view um but I just think if we all don't agree and we're all going towards this sort of greater goal, if we don't agree on it and, and there's one person that says, I'm not sure and this is my totally valid argument, then there's another person that will pick it up and read it and think, why has this gone in there? Yeah. And it uh, it sure. has to be right. Sure. Is that sound familiar? Yeah, absolutely. If um, We do, we spend a long time debating the stories that mm -hmm. one of us loves and another hates. It's not usually that extreme. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but at the end of the day, if, if one of us is really not happy then it won't go in like it has to be a unanimous decision i think that's one of the ways that you keep the quality really high yeah it's, it's important yeah and that whole again now that you're on edition nine and you're moving on to the third and second you want to make sure that it is fresh every time and is, is that quite difficult to do 
I think there has to be a progression from your starting point. You have to have a, a journey. It sounds like a really X factor term, but you have to see some sort of progression from when you started to where you are now. And there has to be, you have to have evolved the thing and it has yeah. to be a better product, a product than where you started from. Mm -hmm. Otherwise there's no point in doing these things. Yeah. You have to have different writers. For example, we have the same writers submitting and their stuff is as good as it was in the first instance, but we need to see fresh stuff as well. I think that's a really interesting point because often writers will keep submitting and as you say, the writing is very, very good. But I mean, is that a problem that you found, Helen, when, you know, you think, well, this is great, but they've been in, especially when you get to number nine, they've been in six out of, you know, seven or something like that. Um, it is, it does happen, definitely. I think um, it's not only that writers think we like their stuff, so they send more and more. Yeah. Um, but there's also a funny thing that, that happens, which is people read the first three or four issues and think they know what gutter is yeah and they start sending you stories that they think you're gonna like and so it, it oh, it's really hard to break that pattern of people trying to please you by giving you what you've already published <laughs> can, you, can you spot that i mean can you say oh yeah somebody's written this with us in mind usually yes i can um it's again it comes down to quality if they've written it with us in mind i mean it's fantastic yeah, it, sure. it will still go in we're not um penalizing people for no. doing the research but on the other hand, it's it's really exciting when you get something that is completely different. You know, when someone's had the guts to send in a story that is completely unlike anything you've published before. It's a really exciting moment when you get those. Because it's interesting seeing that you want it to be better each time. I just wonder if you get to do close to double figures, if it can be better each time or if it's just enough to be different each time. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, how do you, how do you get better and better and better if you keep going on and on and on? It's a great idea and hopefully, you know, you can do it, but... I think the beauty of it and why we're all doing it is so that every time you open submissions, you read at least one piece that makes you think, this is, this is why I'm doing it. Yeah. This is the one piece that, that shows that all this time, all this energy, everything that we invest in this project is totally worth it. And for me, that is what makes it better each year. If it's a completely new writer with something completely fresh and original, then it's, it's better than the year before because right. we don't know about them then. Oh, okay. So it is a progression. Uh, yeah. And I think that's what um, all, all three I've done over the over the years is there's always been when I've read them, you know, there's stuff that you think, oh, that's good. And, that, and then there's always been something that you go, wow, that's, I've never heard of that. This is really, you know, blowing my socks off. And you want to go and um, find out more about them. Um, how have you found with a, people's work that's come from a non-literary background? Has it been noticeably different? Um, has it been, I don't know, been freer, but you know, a lot of people from gutter writing is there. If it's not their job, it's damn close to it being their job. Um, and with Valve, I think maybe as well. Uh, but with, with gutter, if you get people who are still students at the moment and, you know, are maybe doing an engineering degree or yeah. something like that, can you notice that there's a difference? Um, or a... Well, we, we only ask that submissions come from, um, if it's a university, we ask that they come from university email accounts, which is how we sort of verify. Right. That you are a student, but we never ask about courses or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, but um, I wonder so if you know, maybe you no, don't know. So we know which universities are submitting more than other ones, mm -hmm. um, but no, uh, we also tend to, when we read the stories, we don't read them completely blind, but I never really pay attention to the names, because at the end of the day, you know, if you put in a rubbish story by a great writer, it's still going to be a rubbish story. Yeah. Um, so I think we just read the stories, and then if they're good enough, you then go, I wonder who wrote that. Sometimes it's someone that you know, you recognise the name, sometimes it's someone completely new. Yeah. Um, but in terms of 
um, different courses that people are studying. I've never noticed the difference between. I mean, I've not been able to to work out. Basically. Yeah. Um, so no, yeah, I just I just wondered if if you know people who had been doing literary degrees had literary you know ticks that yeah. they went yeah this is this and this I just thought, um, in terms of how the all three magazines have been perceived, do people say to you that oh yeah, Gutter or Valve or, or Tevis, that's the one that does that? I mean, you know what I mean? It's uh, people perceive them to be a certain way, and actually you think no, that's not the that's not the magazine at all. Um, it certainly happened uh, to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. People have said Gutter. The one I get a lot is that people think Gutter is really masculine. Which is right. very <laughs> interesting. Um, but um, yeah, I, I don't know where that came from. I don't know if it was the bold red colour on the first issue or what. So sometimes I do feel like people, perhaps even without reading the whole thing, people yeah. try to um, box it in a certain way. Um, it's something that I certainly try and challenge with every issue that I'm involved with. Um, yeah, I mean, you need to keep shaking up the tone and I think you need to keep surprising people yeah and if I can get no matter what they um what they might think about it before if I can get people to open up an issue of gutter and think about something new mm -hmm. or think about something in a new way then I'm quite happy with no, that. No that seems to be really important because mm -hmm. if people make an assumption about any of them then they might not pick up the next one because they think oh, I've read that that's mm -hmm. done and we're saying it's experimental I mean that's something to some people as a kind of red writer but they go what do you mean by experimental? Totally. I think the submissions that we receive as well, it's, I mean, some of them are, are just are wild, like they're totally out there. And it's great to, it's, to it's great, yeah, <laughs> they, they are incredible um, in sort of varying ways, but it's all, it's just great to read fresh stuff. I think we really wanted to do something different with it. And it was sort of lucky that we were all interested in experimental writing. We did an experimental literature class in our last year of uni, a couple of the editorial team. And we also just wanted to make sure that we weren't doing, it wasn't too competitive in, in, any, in any sort of field with mm -hmm. literary journals. At the time that we launched, there was only really gutter, and they've obviously been the leader for so long, we didn't want to conflict in any way. Mm -hmm. and I think it was lucky for us that experimental writing was our thing, and, and the interpretations of that have been really interesting, seeing how other people perceive it and channel that through their writing has been a bit of a, an eye-opener as well. I think it's really interesting. One, I wouldn't have invited the three of you. I thought it was going to kick off. So I knew <laughs> but, um, it, but you've all got these real strong identities, which I think is, is it, they do complement each other. And often very, I mean, there's always going to be a slight crossover in writers. You might, you know, you can't kind of help that in some ways. That's a good thing, I think. In some ways. But uh, the, the kind of strong identity of not just the, the writing itself, but the way they all look, um, where I mean, let's say where, where Sam and, and Gabriella, kind of Valve and Octavius, influenced by Gutter. I mean, that's it was out there on its own for a kind of long, well, for a couple of years anyway, at least. I, I'm in no way ashamed to say we were totally influenced by it because yeah. I loved it before I yeah. even started Valve. I, I, it was just great. It was published in it a few years ago, and it just it was the sort of icon of. Scottish literary journals for me I think especially the design of it I love just the minimal look and it's always been for us it was a great starting point to say this is what they're doing we, we're holding this in really high regards what can we do that's different but also can we get there eventually can we work towards something bigger mm -hmm. it's been especially because we've been affiliated with Freight mm -hmm. for the first two issues and work closely with Adrian 
it's kind of been definitely on our sort of um, landscape for a long time. Well, because I, I don't think, I mean, I wonder if when you, you know, you did work closely with Freed, people thought, well, it's just going to be, you know, Gutter's little brother or something like that, which it absolutely isn't. It? And I think by maybe taking it down a more exper experimental route, that's the way of, you know, kind of fighting your own corner. Um, Octavius, I mean, it's got a strong design feel to it, you know. Yeah. I think in, in terms of the magazines that were already out there before we launched Octavius, you obviously look to see what's already gone before and you, you pick and choose what you like and what you don't like. You maybe mm -hmm. try and sort of test the waters a little bit. Um, we really just thought Gutter's really successful. Wouldn't that be cool if it was us? Um, yeah, you know, I think realised it was. I mean, without blowing smoke anywhere, um, it, it did make a huge difference. I, I didn't know the story about, you know, it being a reaction to Stuart Kelly's uh, um, thing at Wigton. But what a reaction, you know, to have this thing which has not just influenced um, readers, but a whole kind of generation of writers and folk who are going on to do their own journals. is an incredible thing. It is. It's fantastic. It makes me very happy. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the whole point is to get other people excited. You know, pass it on, spread the word. Yeah, that's exactly. And I think with all three, you know, there's a real excitement when they're coming out. I mean, let's talk a little bit, I suppose, about the launches of it. You know, you've all had to to do with that. How important now is is a kind of launch of something? Is it uh, more important now than perhaps it was before? I think for Valve, our launches are biggest time to just have a massive booze up and say this is we put so much hard work into this all our free time for the last year has gone into it. we've had arguments people have been hating each other but now we can drink and be happy together and it sounds really basic but it's yeah. just a great chance as well we have a fundraising night every year where yeah. we get people along and they very kindly pay to see um, our performers and we do like raffle and tombola and bits and pieces like that and then we thank all those people by doing a big free launch. We put booze behind the bar, we put wine or a punch or champagne. We put on free um, performers and we'll, we'll just we'll do something for them to say, you made this. Yeah. The public made this, all the supporters, the readers make it what it is because we're not funded by anything else apart from people's kindness. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's totally become synonymous with, with Val. With this, yeah. The launch is, is so important for us. And it's something we all look forward to as well. Yeah. And you've just had the launch of Octavius. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, um, you know, with, with any magazine, I think if you submit to a magazine and if you get an email or a letter saying, you know, congratulations, you're in, you immediately start thinking, when can I see it? When can I actually yeah. get it? You know, when you wait by the door, when you know it's coming yeah. in. Um, and I think a launch is a really fun way to say, rather than having a bunch of people doing that all at home, why not come to Warstone Stockley Hall Street, gather together, meet each other, meet the team, um, and I'll have a sort of get together, and you can get your magazine on the same day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's a nice, it's a nice idea to get everyone together because I think there's a huge sense of community within the Scottish writing scene anyway. Um, and it's also just fun to meet people because you know we've got forty writers, and yeah, it's nice to be able to put face to a name. And people do travel to come to it. I know yeah. people travel. People have traveled quite far. And stuff like that. Yeah, and we've had people traveling um, down from way up in the, you know, the Northern Irelands to tr come and get tattooed by Roberto who does all of our artwork. You should um, explain for those that don't know, uh, the person that does your artwork is a tattoo artist. Yeah, Roberto Paliri from Forevermore Tattoo Parlour on Hope Street. Um, and he has said that he's had people coming in from, you know, very far off distant places saying, I saw your artwork with Octavius, now I want a tattoo. Um, which is, you know, it's another little, little branch that Octavius has. It's <laughs> It's so, great to be able to sort of raise someone else's profile and what you're doing there. That we're the same. We've got 
um, a young viscom student who we know from university and he does all our design for us and we're, we're trying to champion whether something whether mm -hmm. it be writing or design and it's a great way for us to say we'll give you a little bit of money and exposure to say i did this typesetting i did the front cover everything is he's got his stamp on it yeah we're really behind him we're really behind that and really appreciative of that as well and i think you know it's, it, it all seems to become part of the magazine is like, well, you have to think carefully where you're going to launch, as you say, how you're going to launch, how you're going to design. Um, do you, I mean, do, is there big launches for Gutter? And, and um, for the first few years, yeah, there were. Yeah. Um, we had launches for every issue, and there was also a series of events called Nights in the Gutter. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that were fantastic, mm -hmm. um, put a lot of time into them um, in the early days. More recently, our, our big event has been at Unbound at the Edinburgh Book Festival. Of course, um, yeah. And that's really been where we really focus our energy, yeah. uh, particularly for the summer issue. Um, issue 10 is going to be redesigned. Oh, so there okay. will certainly be a big splash happening. Right. Uh, issue 10 is our anniversary issue, or okay. issue as we're calling it. Um, so there will be, there'll be a, a very new cover, a very new look and feel, new content, and, okay. and a big event. So oh, interesting. What prompted that? Um, I think we wanted to celebrate the anniversary as much as anything else, getting to issue 10 is quite satisfying. <laughs> um, what else? I, I think it's this idea of, of longevity as well and needing to, needing to change and adapt and stay fresh. And I think after 10 issues it's quite nice to have something new and to, to change up the format of it as well. So. Um, there are various changes that are going to be taking place that are quite exciting. I suppose it's a difficult thing by being recognisably still gutter, but yeah, yeah. you know, you know, changing it, especially when it's kind of, I mean, it is a kind of iconic look that it's got at the, at the moment, so uh, that'll be interesting. I can't wait to see Valve's uh, cover as well. Me too. I haven't even seen it yet myself. <laughs> oh, really? I've given, the, I've given our, our designer We're right behind the designer. He's got, he's got the brief and he's, he's, he's just great. I kind of trust him. I've given Good. him sort of things we're looking for from it but yeah I, I trust his sort of creative outlook on and um, have you thought even about the next TV so are you going to stick with the uh... um, I think it was as soon as the the second issue was available through the tills at Waterstones and available on our website my mind immediately switched and went right issue three um, which in a way was a horrible feeling. Um, <laughs> was because, this at the launch? Yeah, literally at the launch. You know, spent the whole launch getting really stressed about it, yeah. and nervous and everything, and then people were coming up afterwards saying, you know, congratulations. And I'm there with a glass of red wine shaking, going, God, issue three, what are we mm -hmm. going to do? Um, but I think right now, issue two is available. Um, so I'm kind of now basking back in that. Um, and I have got some ideas for what we want to do for issue three. Um, but I think because it's still so early, we haven't opened submissions yet, um, it's difficult to try and imagine it as a, as a real thing because the magazine really just takes shape when we start to get things in. And also if you're going to stick with the format of only looking at student writers, yeah. then you'll kind of always have new people yeah. coming in. And yeah, it's a sort of snapshot of you know students in Scotland at that time. Yeah. Every year you get um, some people who are still students, um, a bunch of new first years coming in. Um, so yeah, there's always sort of fresh meat coming in. Nice. <laughs> um, we spoke about a kind of literary community that, um, and do you think that is a healthy thing at the moment? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think there's a great, um, great community, a great buzz about writing and creativity in general as well. Yeah. 
I think, I think there's got to be. I think the fact that Glasgow is so small in terms of its literary community and everyone kind of knows each other, it's amazing to have three journals that are doing very different things that seem to work harmoniously with each other. Mm -hmm. Because they are doing very different things, there doesn't seem to be much competition in terms no. of rivalry. Everyone's kind of supportive of each other, will turn up to each other's events, will submit to each other as well. That's something that I think is great, yeah. really encourage. Mm -hmm. And it is, uh, it is absolutely like that. And the openness of it, but yet the, the camaraderie, it's quite a strange thing to kind of balance out. I love the fact that you do get people, you know, travelling from all over Scotland and outside of Scotland to yeah. come. But yet, as you say, there's often some familiar faces that everyone's in. There is a kind of real support network. Um, and I wonder if actually they would survive. I mean, you know, Gutter did survive for a couple of years on its own and maybe it would have always done that, but it does seem that... Uh, it's, it's a healthier situation all around these days. Um, there, there isn't just kind of one mm. voice uh, uh, that shouting out there and that there's a lot more. And, you know, outside of Scotland as well. I mean, there's other cities that are doing um, similar things now. Um, I'm going to say what next, but then you've kind of touched on that already. Well, I mean, it's probably unfair, Gabrielle, it's saying what next for you when the <laughs> launch is still to come. Let's not <laughs> say that. But uh, well, tell us about when the launch is. is and The what? launch is November the 1st at the Poetry Club, um, part of SWG3. Uh, eight o'clock is the kickoff, and we've got performers and some sort of exciting surprises on the night Ooh. to be confirmed. So... Um, yeah, it'll be a great night. It's, it is difficult to think past that at the moment because it's not a tangible thing sure. yet. I haven't had it in my hands and that's a worry as well, but it, it, obviously it'll, it'll work out. It always does. Um, next year, I don't know. I, I think I'd like to put more of a, a, a theme to it. Mm -hmm. I think um, I've got very set ideas about what I want it to become and it is an evolution. It gets closer and more concentrated to where I want to go with it every mm -hmm. year. Um, it's been great to take the reins this year. I was fiction editor the first two years, so it's been great to do things kind of more my way this year. Mm -hmm. um, I think next year, I think it will become... I'd like to see it as a, eventually a guide to living, yes. to whatever that might mean. Right. Um, a set of instructions to everything in life and all facets and parts and just really concentrate it down. I didn't mind if it, even if we published two things... A pamphlet. It just it, needs, it has to be right and it has to be completely perfect in my as perfect as we can get it in my eyes. That's it. And that's exciting because you can I can see it before me. I can see the next few years of it. So that's a good thing. Are, are you going to have a difficulty then? Are you going to hand over editorial reins <laughs> until it is exactly well, as you I want think it? It was quite it was quite helpful because I kind of had it in mind the first couple of years and I worked Catherine our, um, mm -hmm. our editor for the first two years we worked very very closely together and there was always this sort of supposition that I would take the reins mm -hmm. one day and um, with this edition she kind of said do you want to do it and I said yeah I'd love to do it I don't think I'm ready to pass the reins mm -hmm. yet I think I've got a, a real journey ahead of us for the next mm -hmm. few issues of where I want to take it but that might change if someone else wants to take over the inner team. <laughs> but we'll see. I'm sure we can run to Yeah, that's the thing. You see, communism started with capital and ended up with people <laughs> handing out pamphlets <laughs> on the street. Um, I suppose a similar thing. I mean, how much of your a vision, you know, now being editor of Gutter, uh, that uh, do you want to kind of put onto onto the next edition? Um. That's a good question. <laughs> it's It's been a, an interesting few years for yeah. me. As I say, I started as review editor and then I became guest prose editor for, for a couple of issues. That was seven and eight. 
and issue nine is my first as managing editor. Um, and it's, it's really nice. Uh, I think I, the three of us always worked very closely together, but it's great to feel like um, I have more input now, yeah. um, which is very exciting. And I think it's also really good for the magazine to have new opinions and new yes, ways of thinking, seeing things coming in all the time. Um, so I think in issue nine, there's, you can see my influence, mm -hmm. I hope. If it's okay to say that. Of course. <laughs> Sorry, Adrian. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it does have a slightly different feel to it. I think there are um, some really thought-provoking pieces um, that sort of reflect m my own interest to some extent in this issue. Um, and I, I think and hope that will continue. So I think gutter will be changing over mm -hmm. the next little while. But I think gutter will also always always have a gutterness about it <laughs> and, and our mission statement at the back about you know publishing the best news yeah. writing and challenging the status quo that's exactly what we always have been and always will be about yeah i think that's what i mean long-running magazines that's exactly what they've done the, the, the editorial voice kind of changes over time you know and sometimes quicker than others depending on how people are happy with it but that's something which um so how much is Octavius your kind of vision for that? You can see now. <laughs> well, we, we run it, um, the three editors, um, everyone has equal say and equal okay. power. And because it's three, especially for, for issue two now, sure. it's three. Um, when it came to reading the submissions, we all did it separately. And I got a bit spreadsheet happy and gave everyone a spreadsheet of your yeses and your noes. Um, and then a there's a heart, so heartbreaking moment where you send your spreadsheet in and you basically see what happens. You know, I was so worried I would have said yes. To forty writers, and they would have all both of them said no to those forty. Yeah. Um, but luckily, actually, most of them completely matched up. Oh. Unanimous three yeses. Um, you know, and it was most of the magazine was that way, and it was really easy to just say, well, obviously that's in. Um, so I think that we all have equal saying things. Um, it was Charlene who came up with the image, mm -hmm. and it was her who hooked up. Um, Octavius with the tattoo parlour so she gets credit for how cool it looks mm -hmm. um, and that was entirely on her um, okay. I, my idea was to run a cool literary magazine and, get um, to <laughs> and she was like right well you know I'll, I'll do that um, and yeah so the, the arrangement with Roberto's really helped and I think a lot of people are really struck by it and we get a lot of great comments about the artwork so when um, you said you were thinking about three already what kind of thing are you thinking about? And are you just it's just the practicality um, of sending the spreadsheets around to? Right now, um, my mind went as far as what might the front cover look like. Yeah. Because um, Roberto, right at the start before issue one, did us a ton of flash drawings, um, and we basically picked one of them. I went right. That's our our logo for the magazine, and that became the front cover for issue one. And then for this one, we took the the inkwell and the quill, mm -hmm. which was another one of his flash drawings. He changed it up a little bit for us. And that was our design. So right now, in issue three, mind, um, I've got my heart set on a couple of little images that I just need to narrow it down. But in terms of the writing, we just really just wait and see what, what comes in um, and hope that it's as great as the stuff we've had previously. Um, and hope that it's more, you know, if we get at 100 last time, 200 this time, 400 might be quite yeah. nice for issue three. <laughs> you see that now. Yeah, say it now. Um, well, we're going to wrap up quite quickly, but I want to ask... Um, about what you guys are reading. Are you able to read anything but submissions, basically? Is that all that's been kind of in your entry over the last uh, year? Or is there, um, I mean, what, what have you really, it can be from the magazines themselves, but what have you kind of really enjoyed reading lately? I'm sorry, Helen. Start with me. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I, 
I run another literary magazine I'm about to start there so okay. as well as reading submissions for Gutter I'm reading submissions for Fractured West mm-hmm. um, and we're on our final issue now and reading for that has been fantastic we've got some really exciting new work um, so that's that's been happening over the last few months as well um, and I, I also work as a literary editor so I mm-hmm. read our unpublished books um, a lot of the time yes <laughs> it's yeah it's not that often I get the chance to sit down and actually enjoy a published novel for pleasure, <laughs> yeah. but but now and then I, I really liked Ruth Thomas's book, The Home Corner. Okay, um, I thought that was uh, a, a really pleasurable read. Yeah, yeah. I, I was on holiday at the time, but yeah. I have similar problems. Somebody people recommend me stuff that's not kind of related to Scottish stuff, and I said I've read a non-Scottish okay. in inverted commas novel for about six years, yeah. um, which I really should sort out. But uh, same thing, Gabriella. What about you reading? Um, yeah, I think diverse mix of stuff. I work as a as a features writer as my day job, so I read a lot of um, journalism and I love a, I do a lot of food writing, so um, food features and oh, reviews, um, Jay Rayner and Gabby Suta in terms of um, more factual pieces. I love, I've recently picked up something by um, Renata Adler, she was the film, head of film critics at the New York Times I think it is, um, and that's amazing. It's very, it is quite experimental. It's quite similar to David Foster Wallace in mm-hmm. terms of um, structure, who I'm really into as well. Um, it's, I think the beauty of our meetings when we meet up as Valve, sorry to put it back to that again, yeah, but, sure. is that we bring something new to it. So, for example, our um, one of the guys that works in fiction, he's from Luxembourg, he sent me across a book for my birthday. So I'll read that and we'll talk about it and we can talk about how we want to bring something similar to that to the group and maybe find someone like that. Um, so, yeah, speaking to the rest of the guys is... It's, it's a joy. That's interesting. So you can come with things that they I've, I've discovered this new writer. Um, we might not get them in, but that's the kind of thing I think we should be moving forward. Definitely. I think it's really important. It's such a cliche, but to write well, you do need to read fairly widely or at yeah. least have people on board that are big readers um, just to kind of know what you like as well as what you don't like. Yeah. I think we've, we've really worked out what we don't like to read, the kind of thing that we're not interested in publishing because there's so much other kind of writing that it's, it's, we see it as stronger and more relevant to our readership. Um, same thing, Sam, are you managed to...? Yeah, um, well, especially for issue two, um, I was reading, obviously, loads of submissions came in, um, but then I also sent a book deal, so I had to go back and read the book that I had written right. because I had to go through and edit it, so it, and it was... So no, it's been a while since I'd written it, so it was almost like reading it afresh as though it wasn't really me. Um, which was Did you go, this is excellent work. I won't, I won't say it. Um, but, who is this young writer? Um, there's a guy from Falkirk, Dixon mm-hmm. Telfer, who really helped me with, mm-hmm. he did a sort of redraft of his edits. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's just released a collection of short stories. Um, and I'm really into short stories, especially really, really small short stories. Okay. Um, I don't know if that was maybe a reflection of reading so many submissions that I went smaller and smaller in what I read in my spare time. Um, but his book's amazing. Um, and he's been emailing me new stories that he's been writing, and I've been basically returning the favour. Um, so I was doing that. And uh, yeah, then I also find time to squeeze in like a novel here and there. Here and there. So, mm-hmm. I'm on uh, Gillian Flynn at the moment. Okay. So, dodgy Grounds, I hated Gone Girl, but I really liked her first one, and I'm on her second one at the moment, so we'll see how it goes. Um, yes. I read, can I add a book? Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> one of my favourite things I've read recently is Colin McAdams' A Beautiful Truth. I don't know if anyone else has come across it. No, I don't know that. But it's about chimpanzees. It's um, what you say about non-fiction. It's kind of, it, it's fictional, but there's, um, there's kind of non-fiction in it as well. It's about a, um, a childless couple in the States who adopt 
a chimpanzee as a baby right. and then raise it as a boy. It's really, really heartbreaking and it's beautifully done. So I recommend that to anyone who's listening. <laughs> um, a couple of questions actually before we finish up. Um, you've got this, uh, all of them, you have to come up with a balance between, because I think all, uh, what, what uh, great literary magazines do is, and I'm a big fan of short fiction as well, is that they promote short fiction, which kind of gets sidelined often. You know, people say, I, I, I hate it when people's collections of short stories are looked upon as a kind of bridging gap to the next novel, and I think that sometimes happens. But how do you manage to balance um, the fiction and the poetry? Because you've got both in Octavius. Um, Does it? I mean, say for instance, you said you did your editorial team of three, and there was only one poem in there. Would you think, oh well, we have to go in and put more poetry in? Um, I, I think it would worry me if we ever got to that point. Um, but luckily, it's been a fairly fifty-fifty split. Um, I like because I'm really into my spreadsheets. I like to go back through the ones that we have selected, and then I colour code everything. So Excellent. you know, prose goes one colour, poetry goes the other, and then I total it all up. And it's sometimes it's literally fifty-fifty. Um, I do the same with gender because I'm really aware not oh, to have a male magazine because I think that yeah. um, there's always a worry that you're going to side with one and both times we've been really happy to get it straight down the middle just okay. by fluke um, which is obviously a very positive thing. Um, again, same question about balance, have you? A very different beast to Valve, I think. Um, it's, I think it's really difficult to sustain really good experimental writing and yeah. keep it as a fiction piece yeah. um, and as a product of that We've got one very long piece of fiction, it's about 3,000 words, a couple of pieces that are about, are about 2,000, and the majority of it is prose poetry and poetry and mm -hmm. tiny weeny bits and middle-sized bits. There's, there's nothing that's long. I, I, I think it's difficult to... We don't want to alienate a reader as well in terms of they see this big, long piece of writing that's three pages long in a literary journal and it's it's doing crazy structural stuff the sure. language is really yeah, disparate yeah, yeah. there's lots going on i think it's difficult not to push people away we want to include people we want it to be a platform for um people to read and think yeah i hadn't thought about buying something experimental before but this is great and i really like it and it's not too out there so i hope we've kind of got the balance right um i think that the, the longer pieces that we've chosen have been less experimental in in one area, so in structure or in mm -hmm. language, but it's got something a little bit more unusual going on, maybe something hidden. Okay. Um, and same thing, Helen, for Gutter, have you, um, have you ever had to worry about the balance between the poetry and prose? Um, that seems to happen fairly naturally, I must say. We're okay. very, very lucky with our poetry. I think because poets uh, are, again, lacking places to publish their work to some extent, so we get absolutely fantastic poetry coming issue after issue. Um, and and it's always happened quite naturally that we have a part of prose that we love and a part of poetry that we love and it, it seems to work fairly well on its own, which is quite pleasing. Mm -hmm. um, and we've got the reviews in there as well, so that kind of shakes yeah. up a bit in the middle. Yeah. Um, and again, in terms of long and short, I think there's, we get both, we do publish mm -hmm. some flash fiction, but we also publish 3,000 you know, word much longer um, pieces of fiction as well. And the poems can be yeah one line or several pages so there's there is a whole range i think and i completely agree with what um what sam was saying about the gender balance as well and yeah, uh, making it international as well obviously we're we're a magazine of scottish writing but there can be yeah. scottish people from all over the world there can be uh, yeah. people from all over the world who are in, in scotland yeah, exactly absolutely. so um we want a really good gender balance we want a really good balance of experience of of themes of perceptions you know um, so that is something that we, we do think about and that I'm always conscious of 
of getting that that range so that yeah. everyone is represented as far as possible. Well, I think that's kind of what unites all three is the kind of inclusivity of yes, you've got your own identities, but you're not saying you know don't come to us. It's like come to us and then we can see what we can do with you. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm going to round up there and maybe continue this in the pub that's usually what we end up doing um, thanks Helen for coming along it's a pleasure Gabriella thank you so much and Sam good to see you again thank you and um, we'll be back um, sometime soon I think with someone completely different cheers mm-hmm.